Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Holcraft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Wednesday evening, where we are here to talk about the world's stage. If you are a first-time listener, each and every Wednesday, well, at least over the past five, six weeks, we have been setting a movie aside to talk about it and to reflect into its Christian imagery. And we have decided to call this evening the world's stage, um, because indeed, as we have been talking about it, so often these movies do reflect a deeper truth about who we are um, before God and how God desires to use drama to reveal something about us. Huh? And so this is what we have been about, and I say we because as I have been having Father Mike Ritter with me each and every Wednesday. And so long as he is in Chico, I'll have him with me every Wednesday. So Father Mike, <laughs> great to have you with me this evening. Hey, thank you, Joe. So this Wednesday is about uh, Polar Express. Mm-hmm. It's another train movie. It's another train movie, and, and this was not intentional. No. You know, no. <laughs> someone had pulled me aside, Joe, Joe, you really need to talk about Polar Express. I was watching it with my kids, and I just loved all of this imagery. Can you and Father Mike talk about it? So, sure. And then, about halfway through, it really hit me. We're going to be talking about a train again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, an express train, right. <laughs> right? Where the image of the train is very important, right? Very important. And uh, so, certainly, we look forward to this. In my own reflections, just off the top, Father Mike, I was struck how, well, first and foremost, in the Polar Express, you have this kind of mythological... A perilous journey of self-discovery. Mm-hmm. If this movie is about anything, it is about self-discovery. And one which entails what their, these children, peculiar faults are, and how ultimately in the end they must overcome them. Um, and in this sense, what really struck me is, is how this movie very much bears a strong likeness or resemblance to the movie Wizard of Oz, um, in that you have these characters sharing a journey to a magical city. Yeah, you know, I was really struck by that when you shared that comparison that hadn't occurred to me. Yeah, and as they do, as they, you know, go down the yellow brick road, what do they discover? Well, more about who they are, Father Mike, who they are in relationship to other, Mm -hmm. right? As they encounter one another in their faults, they begin to discover uh, who they are. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, of course, we know the story of Wizard of Oz and so, yeah, this does bear a striking resemblance uh, to Wizard of Oz. There's a real uh, catchphrase mm-hmm. at the beginning of this movie when the young boy, the, the, uh, one of the lead characters who goes by the name of Chris, and not that his name is ever mentioned, I think we have yeah. to look yeah, that up, Yeah, we had to right? figure that out. <laughs> but he's named after the author, is it? Yes, or? yes, yeah, he is. Uh, and so um, as he gives his t- ticket to get on board, the conductor says... These tickets are non-transferable. Mm-hmm. And at first glance, I thought, well, what is he talking about? But yeah, it makes sense. If you're getting on this train to discover better who you are, right, in the light of encountering one another, you're only going to discover who you are in the light of 
well, who you are. So if this express train is about your peculiar faults, and incidentally, this ticket was identifying that, right? Uh, then, yeah, these tickets are non, non-transferable. non I mean, what have we talked about before as it relates to the uniqueness of who we are as created in the image and likeness of God? Mm. There's only one Father Mike, yeah. thank God. There's only one <laughs> Joel Craft, <laughs> thank God. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yeah, we are non-transferable. Yeah. Uh, there is something about us that is entirely uh, unique. So, anyhow, Father Mike, just off the top, I thought if we can just capture that truth certainly we would be well on our way. Yeah, absolutely. As you mentioned, this uh, this cold train image, it is this journey of self-discovery, and the story begins kind of Christmas Eve uh, night, and, and uh, Chris is going to bed, and he's essentially lost his belief in, in Christmas and Santa Claus. The uh, the magic of Christmas is gone for him, and then suddenly the, the whole house shakes and the train pulls up, and we see this. It's, it's full of different kinds of kids, uh, some who need to discover their leadership ability, some who... Uh, there's a smarty pants on the train who needs to be humble. There's <laughs> yeah. a kid who's totally alone, who's kind of in despair in a way. And as you mentioned, it's a perilous journey. The train gets off tracks, but uh, finally they, they get to the, the North Pole. And uh, one of the things that, the rich themes that comes out in, in the North Pole is, you know, there, there is this bell, which is symbol- the ability to hear the bell is symbolic of believing. Yeah. And those who believe can hear it. Those who, who don't believe, they can't hear it. So this rich theme, in this journey of life as we're on the train to discuss, to self-discovery, the question uh, arises, and that is, what do you believe in? Mm-hmm. Uh, the importance of belief. Uh, and for the movie, certainly, and, and not to be cliche, you might say, for the movie, uh, it turns the world's kind of empiricism on its head and says, believing is seeing, yeah. rather than seeing is believing. But the movie doesn't leave it there. I'd want to ask, uh, I would want to add one other component, and then maybe we can break that open when it comes to faith, this question, what do I believe in, which certainly is the essential, maybe quintessential uh, question for the journey. Mm-hmm. What's my belief? Mm-hmm. And that is that the movie gives us some interesting bookends. We kind of talked about this. The first thing we see about the train is it stops at all these kids' houses, and you see that the conductor comes out all aboard, Tom mm-hmm. Hanks. And, yeah. and by the way, Tom H- Hanks plays almost every character <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> yeah. And it took me a minute to yeah. catch that. <laughs> yeah. And so he's the conductor's all aboard, and yeah. you see the hesitation of the children. They, what is this train? They're not really sure what it's all about. Where is it going? Why did it show up at my house? Mm-hmm. And they all eventually kind of get on. One kid has to run, and they have to kind of hit the brakes to get them on. You know, but, it was, it's really interesting, and... I know we didn't talk about this before, but it strikes me now. When I first saw this movie, Uh Father Mike, I was in the movie theater. And I will never forget when the train came up on the screen. And imagine a four-year-old being in a movie theater in front of this big screen. Mm -hmm. As the train was coming up, this little four-year-old girl got up and just bolted out of the movie theater. (laughs) No kidding. Yeah, no, no. And that really really struck me because I think kind of touches upon what you're talking about right now. Just not a hesitation, but a certain... A fear, almost a question. Well, what what is this oh, all about? You know. Yeah, but but you know, but but it really does touch on uh, our reluctance to embark on the yeah. journey, self discovery. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the the movie ends in kind of a similar note, or it brings that theme back. And Tom Hanks, the conductor, as as uh, Chris is stepping off to go home, uh, they've gone to the North Pole and come back. Um, he makes an interesting comment. He says, "You know, the thing about trains, it doesn't matter where you're going." What matters is deciding to get on. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, when it comes to this question of belief, self-discovery, 
perhaps our great paralysis is in this area of decision. Uh, I was sharing with you uh, uh, Daniel Berrigan, a Jesuit priest who was talking about faith, and he asked the question, what can we say about it? Where is faith located? Is it, um, is it located in the mind? Is faith a question or the journey of faith? Is it a question of always understanding and grasping? And he says, sometimes. Uh, is it a matter of the heart? Is it a question of always feeling? Is it a question of, of that, that uh, devout emotional aspect? He says, sometimes. He says, but really at the heart of it, faith, faithfulness is about being in it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Any, any relationship has this foundation. Sometimes I understand you. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I really feel you close to me. Sometimes I don't. But if I love you, I say to you, I am on board. Yeah, yeah. And perhaps that's the, the, uh, our hesitation before God uh, when that call comes. You know, get on board. Yeah. Um, what do you believe in? Father Mike, as you're talking there, I'm reminded of my courtship with Jackie. Hmm. And we um, were engaged. And so, you know, we're, we're, we're set to get married. And I remember it was when we... Uh, when I was with my family during Christmas, as it happens to be, and I got sick. Hmm. And wouldn't you know it, I was throwing up all night. Hmm. And, I mean, all night, and I ended up going to uh, my room and just laying down for basically most of the morning. I was out. And my sister came into the room. It was about 12 o'clock, 12 p.m., and she says, Joe, your fiance, she is all in. And I said, huh. well, what do you mean? <laughs> she says, that mess you left last night, she cleaned it up. Oh, and yeah. she did it with a smile. And I thought, well, there's a woman I want to marry. She loves right? you, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyhow, <laughs> she's all in. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I think that's, in essence, what we're talking about now. It's interesting. You know, and I was in the seminary formation for, gosh, I mean, years and years and years, more than 10 years. And I remember one day distinctly after, oh, maybe eight years, I was on in a parish and I was making copies. And the words came to me and I thought for the first time, I just said, you know, I'm in. Mm. You know, mm. and I, when does that happen? I don't know, as you're on the train, as you go about the journey, but at some point, um, love demands a decision like that. Yeah. And uh, when we find ourselves on the side of the track, not sure. That's a big problem for us. I think that um, to, to speak of faith simply as, well, you have to believe to hear the bell. Yeah, that might in in our conversation about faith with others that might be somewhat off putting, and it might sound like something of a non argument. But but I think what what the movie breaks open for us a little bit is to discover no, our belief systems are very much shaping the journey. Yeah, I mean we uh, that that faith certainly is not something irrational. First that that it is very much the fruit of uh, a process of judgments. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, uh, our, life is, our lives are absolutely immersed in, in our belief systems, and those, they don't just drop out of nowhere. Um, I, we were talking earlier, too, if I, uh, even in our relationships, they're, they're founded upon judgments we make about people yeah. and our beliefs about that people, yeah. about those people. If I ask you, hey, Joe, where's the gas station? And you tell me it's down there on First Street, and I believe you, I'm, I'm, my belief is rooted not firstly in where the train's going, where the gas station is, but my belief is based on my experience of you. Yeah, It has yeah. something to do with relationships. It's to accept that I live in a world where these people aren't trying to hurt me and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, There's a lot of uh, unconscious believing going on there. And I think that the movie uh, unearths how important those belief systems are in terms of self-discovery. Yeah. And as it's tied to relationships with people we know, I think to some extent, Father Mike, 
It's our trust in the system. Mm. And now for some of us, we might not have as much trust in that system. But what I'm thinking about is, um, you know, my wife and I are going to Hawaii next month. Mm. We've been wanting to do this for a very long time, so we're finally going to do this. Once we purchase those tickets, we're all in, right? Yeah. And as we are, who are we putting our trust in? Maybe that pilot yeah. and, and his license. Yeah. Right? We are getting on that plane and entrusting ourselves to this pilot who we do not know, yeah. right? Yet we are placing an element of trust there. So I think to some degree, we have built in within the very fabric of um, who we are as a culture, this element of trust. And again, to some degree, this is being lost. Uh, that's for maybe another conversation, but I do think it highlights the importance of, of trust. Oh, yeah, and this is kind of like the primordial faith that God created the world and the world is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that we um, we do have this kind of expectation that things are going to work out for our well-being. Yeah, and St. Thomas calls this, he has a phrase for it, this is what we can rightfully call a moral consensus. Yeah, right? and what's consensus. interesting about the movie, it begins, uh, Chris is down as he's on oh, the North Pole, and he looks up in a magazine, and when he sees it, he says, yeah. it's barren, it's <laughs> yeah, desolate, yeah. it's devoid of devoid life. Devoid of life, yeah, That yeah. this promise really isn't all that good. There's a kid on the train who's always by himself. He's in a separate car, and when they go to figure out, like, hey, what's this kid's deal? He says, you know, Christmas has never been good to me. And mm. it's not going to be good to me. So it's kind of like, what's the point? Mm. Again, the, the the doubt about this fundamental belief system. And uh, the other kids on the train, they make an interesting comment. Says, "Look, I don't know if Christmas is going to be good to you or not, but come with us." Yeah, yeah. Again, and it comes back to rooting that decision for belief in relationship. Relationship encounter. It's Philip going to Nathaniel, mm. right? We have found him. We have found the fulfillment of the law of Moses. You know, you can't believe it. And then, of course, Nathaniel's response is, what good comes from Nazareth? What does he say? See and come? No. Come and see. Yeah. Encounter, right? In Encounter and, and believe. Yeah, and so it's interesting, and I was thinking about just faith and decision, that it really does, believing, whatever our belief systems, and you have a belief system. There's nobody who uh, is without that. And so, we're again, we're not talking about something separate from reason, very much the contrary. I was thinking about this decision for faith and... Um, Abraham Tversky, who is a, who's a rabbi, he, he's got great uh, videos on YouTube, you can check mm, him out. Mm-hmm. But he asks uh, the question, what makes a decision good? Because our lives are always these decisions. And he says, I would say to you that a good decision is not one that works out well. He says, what makes a decision good is not what happens. Uh, you can make a good decision, and it might blow up in your face. Yeah, yeah. He says, a decision is good or bad on the basis of how you made it making a judgment uh, for trust, uh, relationships, uh, whatever that might be. But I think that the, the heart of this road, this journey to self-discovery has to do with making a decision. At the heart of any relationship, the heart of faith has to do with a decision. We stand before God, before a beloved one, before a project, and we say, I'm in. Yeah, and what operates your motives, right? The old Latin battle cry for the early church, modus operandi, what operates your motives? Why do you do mm-hmm. what you do? What is your intention? Because, yeah, you said it. <laughs> Sometimes uh, what we do will not always turn out as we want it to turn out. Yet, if why we do what we do is there, God will have something to disclose. Yeah. Right? This is about, again, this journey of self-discovery. And if our intentions are rooted in a relationship with Jesus Christ, then we will be well on our way. Yeah. For sure. 
So as the story uh, unfolds, they kind of pass through an interesting car on the train, and it's full mm. of like all of these abandoned, worn out, old, kind of useless toys. And we're told that uh, the the administration in the North Pole has made a decision, and that is that uh, we're not going to throw these away. We're going to take them back and refurbish them and all of that. And I just thought that um, in the journey of life, in the journey of loving self-discovery, there's such a, a wonderful image of um, maybe maturity there, perhaps. Yeah. I was thinking, and I shared with you, I was thinking of the, the story of the Velveteen Rabbit. Yeah, beautiful story. And beautiful tie-in. Yeah, and the, the Velveteen Rabbit is in the nursery talking to one of the older toys, and he, and he wants to be a real bunny, you know? And he asks, what makes you real? Is it that you ha- you're the most sophisticated of toys? You, ha- you like the other toys, you <laughs> yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Because a, a stuffed animal is not much. Yeah. And he says, you know, what makes us real is being loved by someone, being really loved, not just enjoyed by them. Yes. But loved in a way where your fur gets rubbed off, your eyes fall out. And he says, that makes you real. And he says, once you become real, you can never become ugly. Only mm. You're only ugly to those who don't understand. Mm. And I just thought, we're talking about a journey of self-discovery. We're talking about relationships. We're talking about faith. That experience of growth is very much an experience of having the fur rubbed out of us and our eyes yeah. start to yeah, sag yeah. And, and, and discovering that therein maybe lies the deeper love, um, the greater beauty. And, and I like the decision from the North Pole. Yeah. We yeah. are not throwing these toys away. Yeah. And I think the temptation for us when fur falls out and our eyes get kind of saggy is, yeah, I'm kind of done. We have lots of those at our house, <laughs> right? A decision, you, you talk about the administration of the North Pole, a decision, as it is said in uh, the movie, The Polar Express, from the big guy, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? From the big guy. Yeah, and in this time, it's a Christmas movie in this Christmas season, uh, kind of in this culture of consumption. It does kind of challenge us in a really fundamental way to take a look at Again, where I'm assigning the value, where I'm um, discovering love in my life, and this insatiable need we have for the new experience, the new relationship, the new love. But um, there is that car in the train of our life that's full of some of this old stuff, and maybe we need to go through that car again. Yeah, and to speak about this is to speak to what is real as the movie draws it out. And Mm -hmm. I, I think when we ask that question, what is most real... Um, and at the same time, the next question the Polar Express asks, what is the most lasting is what but the soul? Hmm. What is most real? What is most lasting but the soul? And so this is what we are present to. So yeah, we talk about brokenness and we talk about getting on this train to better understand our brokenness and to better understand the very thing that we need to be working on because again, these tickets are non-transferable. Yeah. So we do begin to discover how to work on these things when we encounter one another. And what I thought to be really interesting in this uh, movie, Father Mike, is when you (laughs) watch how the smarty pants interacts with the one who's struggling with her leadership, interacts with um, Chris, right? Mm -hmm. And his struggle with belief and how they all interact with the little boy who's, who's lonely. They begin to discover something about themselves that they can then work on, Right. And that is something that kind of evolves over the course of the movie, mm-hmm. just as we evolve over the course of our lives, Yeah. right? And yeah, sometimes things are, are going to get lost, and sometimes we might get off track a little bit. I think there's a, a real luscious moment, if you will, in the movie when uh, one of the tickets is lost, 
Yeah. Right? The young girl who's struggling with leadership, her ticket's lost. And in the scene, the ticket, as it leaves the train, settles into the snow, and then the wolves run by, racing (laughs) off the train, and then it kind of kicks up. And as it kicks up, this eagle swoops in, grabs the ticket, and then (laughs) the eagle gives it to its little birdlings. And and then it spits the ticket out, and then it goes onto the snow, it falls down into this big snowball, and then it kicks up again, and it just so happens to find its way back into the train. It went off track, yeah. right? But it it found the ticket found its way back onto the train. It's like everything around the train went into overdrive to get that ticket back. Yeah, <laughs> there yeah. was a uh, in the in the previous translation of the Roman Missal, there was a, a prayer in the Eucharistic prayer that said, "Lord, when we were lost and could not find the way to you, you loved us more than ever." Mm. You kind of see that uh, the whole kind of the whole world around the train is working to bring this kind of ticket back. Yeah. And I think that that was uh, the faith of St. Paul, certainly, where sin abounds in our life, uh, grace abounds more. Yeah, Romans 5.20. Yep. Yeah. So you, you do yeah. uh, you kind of see that. And, and I'm stuck to, um, again, uh, on this journey, the, the, the role that God allows for our decision. You know, another um, kind of moment where that kind of raises its head for me is uh, the Chris and this girl, the leader, they sneak into the engine of the train and they're going to be, they're afraid of derailing. They're going to go down this huge hill or, there, or, or whatever it is, and they have to hit the brakes, and there's two levers. Oh, yeah. And yeah, they don't remember yeah, which one right. is the gas and which one is yes, the brake. Yes. She says it's this one, he says it's that one. Yeah. But ultimately, um, they have to decide. Mm-hmm. We can get into a whole sidetrack about uh, freedom and all that. So let's just leave that aside. Yeah. <laughs> but, 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 but very central in, in the life of faith, I do think, is this decision and, and commitment. Trusting that uh, if I get off track, uh, God is, and I've made my decisions with, ante- with integrity, God is going to somehow be working mm. to bring that train back on track. My, my part is to choose and to choose with integrity. Yeah, what does Jesus say? Uh, what is it, um, Matthew chapter 18, verse 3? You must have the faith like a little one to enter the kingdom mm. of God. There's much to be said, much to be said about the purity and innocence of the little one. There's a great scene for me, and it's really in the opening, when the parents open the door and they're looking at young Chris, and they think he's sleeping and he's really not, right? And they said, look at him. Hmm. Look at him. He's growing up. And and the magic of of Christmas is being lost. Hmm. The magic of belief is being lost. And yet this whole train is, again, about rediscovering what it means to be uh, truly a child again, right? Especially... When it, when it comes to faith, having that childlike faith. And so as it relates to the decision, yeah. and as it relates to being pure and innocent, I can't help but think of what that word doubt means, mm. Father Mike, um, because certainly um, this is a big theme, right? Sure, you're sure. a doubter, you're a doubter, yeah, right? That's right. <laughs> From the hobo, right? Yeah. You're a doubter. And uh, <laughs> what does it mean to doubt? But to doubt means, when you translate that in the Latin, to be double-minded. Mm-hmm. So... What does it then mean to believe? What is a prerequisite to believe, but to be pure of heart? What do we read? Blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall see God. Yeah. Right? I don't know if you and I have talked about this together. I certainly have elsewhere. But when you look at that word uh, for purity, Father Mike, it is kathados. Kathados. It literally translates as without mixture, Mm. um, or maybe best translated as to be single-hearted, single-minded. Um, so here you have a word, doubt, that means double-minded, yeah. and then a word, purity, uh, that means single-minded, yeah. right? single-hearted. And so I think 
there's something there for us. It relates to Matthew 18:3 and oh, what's yeah. being communicated in, in this in this movie. You know, and, and some for me, some of the most consoling lines of the New Testament, believe it or not, come at the end of Matthew's gospel, this uh, kind of um, commissioning on the mountain, you know? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And where Jesus appears, uh, he's risen from the dead, and, and we're told by Matthew that the apostles, they worshipped, but they doubted. Yeah. yeah. And you know that, and if we find ourselves in that place, uh, it's not necessarily a bad place, we just keep worshipping, keep praying. Yeah, well, what's what's the great prayer of, of the lame man? Was I it, believe, help my unbelief. Yes, yes. Yeah. My, one of my favorite prayers. I believe, yeah. help my unbelief. So yeah. this this touches on, on a very important, I guess, dynamic of faith, and the movie kind of brings this in at the end, and that is, you know, when the trip is over, they've gone to the North Pole, yeah. they come back to the house, all the other kids, they run in, and Santa has been there, the presents are under the tree, but when Chris gets home, uh, Santa is like, painfully absent. Yeah, yeah. No no presents under the tree, no cookies are eaten. He'll be there in the morning, but but it really does touch on this real experience of faith and that is the the desolation that often comes on the tails of the consolation. Yeah. You know, we uh, one of the most striking stories that illustrates this for me is the the road to Emmaus, you know, that mm. the these disciples of Jesus encounter the Lord, they they bring him home, they recognize him in the breaking of the bread, and as soon as they recognize him, he disappears from their midst. Mm-hmm. That there is this that that this experience of God's presence and absence. Mm-hmm. And and that is uh you know, you have the transfiguration on the mountain and then the journey down to Jerusalem to to see the Lord crucified, that that this is part of the rich texture of of a life of believing. Yeah. So um, some of the darkness of faith, if we can call it that, is certainly not uh, the absence of faith. No. No, and yeah, we have that encounter with God, and once we have that encounter with God, Father Mike, and then there's that absence as you speak to it with the road to Emmaus, if that encounter is genuine, if that encounter is real, although, although he is absent, what does an encounter give impetus to, but desire, longing, Mm -hmm. an ache to be with, you know, so even in the absence, we can hopefully um, confide in that encounter. Uh, Mindful, though, too, mindful that when you start putting uh, faith in relationship with love, as you already spoke to it, um, love isn't an emotion, love isn't a feeling, but it really is a decision, willing the good of the other. So if we are going to find Christ, we do so by encountering others, right? Willing their good. Sure. And I think that uh, the, the purity of faith in, in that darkness, if we can call it a darkness, is that it, it solicits from us what the movie's talking about at the end, decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does love say ultimately? Not that always that I understand you, not always that I feel you, but that I do choose you. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of a, a closing word, and that is uh, there's a wonderful encounter between the kids on the train and the one who's always alone. And... Um, you know, they, they make the observation, Christmas, it's, it's a hard time to be alone. And um, with all uh, the, the joy, the Christmas music presence and whatnot, for, for so many, um, this can also be a time when we're painfully aware of people that we've lost during the year, painfully aware of, of maybe the love that isn't always in our life. And so our, our being a community as Christian people, uh, our presence to one another, even the, this, commu- this communio that we have over the airwaves sure, sure. is, is a, such a wonder. This is a moment maybe, Joe, when you and I can, for each other and for all our listeners, say what the kids say, come with me. Yes. You know, yes. that um, it's, a, it's a moment for us to really sink our teeth into our communion in the Lord. Well, and isn't that what 
real Christmas Day is all about. God enters human history in the quiet and the dark, mm-hmm. in the hidden, in the unseen, and yet as he does, he brings with it a great light. Yeah. And so this is what we share in, mindful that we are to go to those who are in the dark, those who are hiding away, and to become that light. Yes, sure. so I think that the Lord would add to that those children's conversation, yes, it's a hard time to be alone, but you are not alone. Amen. With that, let us close with a word of prayer. Lord God, we give you thanks for this journey of self-discovery, which we're all on for the gift of faith. Uh, be near to us, especially in those uh, moments when we feel uh, your absence, when we feel alone. We ask for your blessing, Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen, Amen and God bless you. Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 5.30 here on KKXX. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.